2: Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Live from San Francisco on the Sports
3: Byline Broadcasting Network, you are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with your hosts, Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi. Are you ready?
4: Are you ready? Let's get it on! Let's get it. Mike Semper VV here with you for the next hour talking professional wrestling, which is something we do every single day here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Tune in iHeart, American Forces Radio, SportsByline.com, over the air affiliates like KMAV, 99 KMSR, and the Mightier 1090 podcast, maybe you're listening uh, to a replay on SiriusXM, or maybe you're video streaming on Twitch or YouTube, however you're joining me today, I'd just like to say thank you. Hopefully wherever you are, it's sunny outside, and even if it's not, I hope it's sunny inside your mind. Not very sunny outside right now, Have to try to jack up some lights in here. And apparently we need to try to jack up our tin can connection as well, because... I thought Filthy Tom Lawler was going to be joining me today as the boss man right now somewhere over Quebec. Yeah, I'm serious about that. Just a couple minutes ago, send him a text. That's, he's, he's over Quebec. But, uh, oh, good news. We are going to have Filthy when we come back from break. It looks like his video is up. Hopefully everything is okay as far as the audio goes, because we have a lot to get into today. The big story, of course, continues to be AEW's All In show, which took place at Wembley Stadium on Sunday, I mean, just an incredible spectacle. It announced attendance of eighty-one thousand and thirty-five, a ten-plus million dollar gate. So it was a big financial success. Was it a creative success? Well, that's subjective, but I believe that it was certainly in the top handful of shows of the year. WrestleMania Night One, Revolution, was really. Uh, really really good backlash in puerto rico was pretty awesome as well so you know maybe you're choosing one of those but this one was way up there as well and a lot of stuff came out of it adam cole and mjf remaining brochachos. mjf remaining the world champion of aew and roderick strong continues to be whiny in his neck brace but of course when we get back from break the no-holds-barred, no-rules, gorilla position fight to the death between Luke Perry's son and a Duke Rufus protege. Yeah, Jack Perry and CM Punk, the saga continues, and we're going to pour more on it today, Wrestling Observer Live.
1: Right now
2: paid for by steel man pills, 800-965-1295, 800-965-1295, 800-965-1295. That's 800-965-1295.
0: Attention homeowners. It's not if something's going to break. It's when that's homeownership. If your dryer, your refrigerator or your AC and heating breaks, that's an expensive call. And who do you call? Call now and learn how to get your free month.
2: 800-392-7027. 800-392-7027. 800-392-7027. That's 800-392-7027. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details.
3: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
4: Uh, welcome back to the show. Mike Sempervivi here with you. You know, we do this show right here for an hour at a time, but if you want us 24-7, you can try to find me on Twitter. Well, you can you can absolutely find me on Twitter. I'm really not that hard to find. I don't know why I'm really making this a mystery here. I'm at Sempervivi. You can also find me on Instagram or Threads or Blue Sky that way as well, too. Unfortunately, though, uh, you know, it's uh, I, 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 I don't really use them that much. I'm trying to get rid of this whole Twitter thing. I'm trying to get rid of this whole X thing, and it's not happening. And apparently, what also is not happening right now, is our video hookup. Uh, last uh, we left you, or last that I left you when it came to the video and audio, both aspect of this show, uh, we were trying to get Filthy Tom Lawler connected from his palatial estate in Las Vegas. Unfortunately, he was not able to have his audio connect, so we, at, at right at the last minute we tried to make some changes here. Unfortunately, I couldn't get through on another channel, but... You know, here I am. And then as I was working on all of this audio stuff, I I look up and the video is gone. So I will be joining you back again here on video very shortly. Hopefully at some point we have filthy Tom Lawler on because I have got to get his thoughts on uh, all of the stuff that took place uh, when it came to AEW's All In. And I mean, you know, as as I pause for time here and do a little vamping, it's amazing. We went into this show talking about CM Punk. You know, we went into this show talking about the the drama that was CM Punk, the, the backstage stuff that was taking place with CM Punk, all of the, the drama around Collision, who could be a, a member of the Collision roster, who couldn't be a member of the Collision roster, what would they be allowed to do on said roster? But we, then we were going to have the show, AEW All In. It's going to be a big event. We won't have to worry about all this petty nonsense. We won't have to worry about any of this ridiculousness that has been taking place in the media between sides of CM Punk and, and everybody else, uh, apparently, that is, is complaining about him. We're going to have a show, and it's going to be great, and everybody's going to forget about that. It's not exactly what happened, and... I'll play the ringleader here under the big top tent that is the AEW backstage scene because we have had some news break today in case you were at least some, some dribbles of news that have come out today depending on how you look at things. And I'll just begin at the beginning starting on Sunday. A physical altercation broke out backstage between CM Punk and Jack Perry just prior to the opening match of AEW All-In, according to both Fightful and PW Insider, with Perry subsequently being asked to leave the building. That's what was reported yesterday afternoon. Now, yesterday evening on Wrestling Observer Radio, Brian reported that after his match, and I'm not talking about Daniel Bryan, Brian Alvarez reported that after his match, Punk was met by security in the guerrilla position, who escorted him to his locker room where he stayed until he was also removed from the building. Well,. Then the clock turns 12, we come into Monday, and earlier on today, Nick Hausman of House of Wrestling is reporting that Punk left on his own, and let me read what he has written up, or at least part of that there. From what Hausman was told, quote, Punk was waiting in the gorilla position before the show went live for his match against Samoa Joe when Perry entered the area and walked up to him. Punk initiated the verbal exchange between the two, asking Perry if he had something to say, and the conversation quickly escalated, leading to Perry asking Punk to do something about it. This is when Punk shoved Perry. Perry responded by shoving Punk back, and then Punk put him in what is being described as a chokehold. This is now still Nick Hausman writing this year. We're told that Punk viewed putting Perry in a chokehold as a way to neutralize the situation as he's a trained fighter and does not want to have to fight Perry. No punches were thrown as far as we know. It goes on to read, Punk then walked into his dressing room, got cleaned up, and spoke with AEW security. Punk, knowing that the situation was not good, asked them if it would be better for everyone if he left the building and was told that nobody was asking him to leave, but it might make things easier if he did. So, that's what was reported by Nick Hausman of House of Wrestling. Obviously, this fight reportedly a fight a scrape a neutralization resulted from comments that perry made during his pre-show match with hook for the ftw title which featured a spot involving the windshield of a car where perry went full justin timberlake as he looked at the camera and exclaimed real glass cry me a river i mean it was kind of like that I, i didn't i don't have an exact you know jack perry impression but That was, of course, a reference to a previous reported incident in which Punk had nixed an idea, not just Punk, apparently Tony Schiavone and other creative people, including medical, nixed an idea Perry had to use a real glass for a spot on collision. Obviously, during the press conference, Tony Khan just confirmed the incident took place but refused to comment further, no surprise, stating that it was under investigation. Well, Our own Brian Alvarez tweeted it about, oh, I don't know, now about uh, about an hour ago or so. Quote, the belief within AEW is that Punk and Jack are both suspended pending the results of an investigation, which would mean neither will work all out. End quote.
6: Mike, are these guys out of their minds messing with a UFC fighter? What are they thinking?
4: Hey, the Duke Rufus trained UFC fighter. Now you've had some experience mixing it up with UFC fighters before, and I I gotta be honest, I saw you on the Ultimate Fighter. You had a chance to neutralize the situation and you just punched it in its face. I would say CM Punk is obviously a much more calming presence than filthy Tom Lawler.
6: Has anyone and I may be the first. <laughs> yes, sir. Mike to bring this up Mm. is is CM Punk still technically under a UFC deal I he is he a double agent for TKO he's going around fighting everybody backstage at AEW trying to make the UFC look good
4: is that what's going on here is is that the reason you know what you may have broken something here is that the reason that he was backstage at that WWE Raw that time in Chicago is that the reason why
6: could be he's always at the CFFC in New Jersey scouting talent. Hmm. Maybe he's scouting backup. Maybe he's looking for enforcers.
4: Hmm, would you be available for such a duty with CM
6: Punk? I'm available for any sort of duty if there's money behind it. <laughs> it including this show.
4: Well, that's exactly and I'm glad you're actually able to be now heard and seen. I'm able to be heard, obviously, but not seen quite yet. We're still working on that part of the equation. So. This is
6: filthy Tom Lawler for everybody out there listening who just barged in midway through the show. I was having some technical difficulties. Apparently, one of the other staff members infected my airwave, and I couldn't connect, but... They, uh, they took care of it, so here I am, Mike. Oh, no good, fault dude. of our
4: own. No, no, no. Ne- it's never For our once. fault.
0: Well.
6: You
4: know that. It's never our fault. But, hey, look, we, we went into this show talking about CM Punk. Now we're coming out of it, still talking about CM Punk. We're going on a literally a full year from the time that All In happened last year where CM Punk has been fully in the mix. I mean... I mean, do do you have any comment at all or any, you know, uh, amusement or jokes, anything about uh, what took place with Perry and Punk and and just the fact that this is like a thing that cannot be shaken?
6: I'm of the belief and feeling that there's always going to be problems in the workplace, especially in a business like this. I, you know, spent most of my working life in a... Sport where people fight each other—they're at odds constantly. So perhaps I'm just accustomed to it more than others are. But hey, as the song says, "Saturday nights right for fighting." Pro wrestling is right for fighting. That's one thing we're not gonna do on this show, right, Mike?
4: Uh, No, I I hope you and I
6: are a cohesive unit.
4: Exactly, we are Team Filthy. Yeah, look, I even give you the... You're you're the boss. You're in charge. But I gotta get this video fixed and go to break. Like, right now. Like, now.
0: I don't even recognize myself anymore.
1: I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever.
0: Hey, look, I I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill. I was out of options.
1: I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through.
0: This has to stop. I'm losing everything. Everyone.
1: You've been strong your whole life. You can do this, but you have to reach out for help.
2: It's time. I can do this.
1: Addiction is a disease and diseases need treatment.
2: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-378-3508. 800-378-3508. That's 800-378-3508. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
5: If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable. Here's the number. Call now.
2: 800 278 1738. 800 278 1738. 800 278 1738. That's 800 278 1738.
5: here's the number
2: 800-725-1651 800-725-1651 that's 800-725-1651 paid for by legal alert line you are listening to
3: wrestling observer live with brian alvarez and mike sempervivi on the sports byline broadcasting network
4: Hey now, Mike Sempervivi here with you. Filthy Tom Lawler, Wrestling Observer Live. The professionalism will come back to this show tomorrow when the adult in the room, the big boss man, Brian Alvarez, is back in his normal chair hosting the show. I guess I'll have to be here too, Tom, unless you want to do the show for me. Would you mind again? I'm good. All right, fine. Well, look. After doing, Mike. Yeah?
6: I love you. I love doing the shows with you. After doing the solo show on Friday, that wasn't that bad. And then you present me with the the opportunity to get back on the air with Brian, right? I belittled myself enough on Friday. I don't need somebody else doing it on the airwaves tomorrow. So I think it's time that uh, I think it's time that you and Brian reprise your role as the award-winning broadcast journalists from wrestlingobserver.com that you are
4: thank you thank you and i gotta be honest with you i you know i'm not a journalist i've always said that from the time i've been doing this sort of stuff you know i can do some journalism things sometimes but you know more of a just a basic reporter when i would go to shows and actually do things but now i'm just i'm a talking head is what i am <laughs> and that's like that's it i'm not a journalist and i i couldn't like write the type of articles that pass for that you know what i'm saying and here is one this is an exclusive from house of wrestling if you thought the stuff from before is ridiculous now it's going to be sublime i love this story it's my favorite story of the day it's so deliciously petty it's not even funny a festivus level airing of the grievances exclusive news from house of wrestling no one from aew met punk at heathrow airport and this is what the story says quote house of wrestling has learned that when punk landed at heathrow airport for aew all in london on saturday morning no one from aew was there to greet him there was also no car service to take him to his hotel and when he texted a number he was given by aew for the driver it bounced back as being invalid After waiting for a while, Punk chose to buy a train ticket and find his own way to his hotel. Now, I'm going to stop there, Tom, because there's two separate and distinct parts of this story that I I want to point out here as written up by House of Wrestling. Some people would say, okay, that's kind of petty to go public with. But let's be honest here, too. As somebody who's traveled, you've had more high-stakes traveling, I'm sure, than I have, guaranteed that you have. It's really annoying when you're in a place and you have no idea where you are, especially in some certain areas where it's like, hey, somebody is supposed to be here. I'm supposed to have some support and backup here. I'm supposed to have a ride. Like, what is going on here? You've got my itinerary. What is happening? I can actually understand frustration with that, can't you?
6: Yeah, especially when you are dealing with international travel. I'm assuming CM Punk is... He was going from the United States somewhere, maybe in Georgia, right, Uh, flying over to London, and you have to land, you have to go through customs. Maybe he has global, well, no, he wouldn't have global entry for the U.S., so he'd have to go through customs there. Uh, And then London is a very, 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 very large city, so I'm not quite sure where the accommodations were, in relation to Heathrow, they could have been an hour away. And if somebody's not there on time to pick you up, one hour turns into two hours. You have to find your own way on a train to your hotel. That could turn into three hours. So I can totally understand being upset in that situation. No, okay, no, now. no qualms. Yep. I think CM Punk in this situation should be upset.
4: Okay. That's, and that's fair. And again, a story like this, I can see how people, especially if they don't like CM Punk and have not liked CM Punk throughout his entire tenure at AEW, they would look at that and go, OK, that's petty. But I would say petty, maybe, but, but OK. It's where the story keeps going, which is where it got just hilarious for me. Because my mind then tends to wander after reading this. After waiting for a while, Punk chose to buy a train ticket and find his own way to his hotel. We are told that the tube was fairly busy at the time. Punk got lost, and a few fans who noticed the Second City Saint helped him figure out where he was going. I don't know what's funnier, the fact that it is written that way or the fact that my mind just goes where CM Punk is just kind of like looking around and he's got his patch of Chicago on his shoulder and it's like, I don't know where I am, I'm getting disorientated and then people run up and it's like, Is that the Second City Saint? I remember what you and Ace Steel did back in the day. Come on, Punk, let's go. Come on with us. Come on, buddy. Come on, we can take you home. I don't know. I just found that to be ridiculous just the way it was written sorry i uh, am i wrong am I well, that, bad there's more
6: to it is there not Th-
4: there there is would, would you like to read it I, that that's all i no, have you... right here i decided oh, really? to close the rest of it here if you'd like to to go back in and and revisit that you you can but that that was enough for me it does continue to go on with saying that he wanted to spend time with larry i think it was he wanted to spend time with his wife and larry in london and that's why he, he, he was, time was of the essence for CM Punk there, but have you ever had that happen? Have you ever been wandering around blindly in a city and then have somebody come up and go filthy, filthy Tom Lawler? Come on, buddy. Let's go.
6: Actually, actually, I, I promise when you weren't you, hammered drunk. I promise you last summer I was walking around in Japan with some other wrestlers looking for the train station. Couldn't find it. We looked lost. And a man goes, hey, I'll help you. And you know who it was? Naito's dad. Who's? Naito's dad.
4: Get out of here.
6: Promise. You serious? I swear it got me to the Shinkansen. Got me to the bullet train. On time. Might have been lost without him.
4: Who moves better outside the ring, Naito or his father at this point?
6: Well, the fact his father recognized me means he definitely sees better than <laughs> Naito, I can tell you that.
4: <laughs> well, hey,
6: Naito's, hey, look, Naito's, I, Naito's, Naito's ripping off that Stardust Press. Off the top. I mean, he's not hitting anybody with it because he might kill him if he does, but, I mean, he's flying through the air pretty well, if you ask me.
4: What would and- you rather take? Would you rather have to deal with that coming from Naito or Jeff Hardy coming down with a swanton? The old sack of swanton.
6: Well, are we talking the comatose dead body Naito that hit the Destinos on Will Osprey? Because there's <laughs> a whole lot of momentum coming down there with the help of gravity, so...
4: Well, that I mean, look, that was also... I mean, Osprey did a wonderful job giving those to himself in that situation. Which yeah, is
6: brutal. I'll, uh, <laughs> you, you can't trust those Jeff Hardy swantons. You really can't. I want nothing, really I want nothing to do with them. They look awful.
4: Well, you know, the honest thing, uh, again, they had some fun at the expense of all of this ridiculousness that's taking place with CM Punk and the AEW backstage scene and everything, but the bottom line was it was a really good show I thought that they put on yesterday. And one of the more unique openers of all time, I was actually thinking about this yesterday, it was like with Aussie Open facing MJF, and yes, technically it was the pre-show, I guess, but I'm including that as part of the show. With Aussie Open and MJF and Adam Cole, it's like, you know, WrestleMania 10 had a unique situation with Owen and Brett, and then Brett going on to beat Yokozuna at the end of that show. And you had WrestleMania 30, where Daniel Bryan beat Triple H, and then that got him into the main event against Batista and Randy Orton. And that situation they had there, where Daniel Bryan ultimately ended up winning the title. But I thought it was. I'll say this, A, I don't know, yeah, I guess it was a great way to bookend the show, especially for the real hardcore fans of AEW, especially those who don't want to see Adam Cole and MJF broken up quite yet.
6: Yeah, I was a bit surprised by the ease, I guess, with which they won the Ring of Honor tag team titles. Maybe I'm just a, a mark for Mark Davis, Dunkzilla, and Kyle Fletcher Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, it did its job because the fans are clearly, clearly behind this storyline. They are behind MJF as a baby face and no matter which way they decide to go with this storyline, whether it's kind of like Adam Cole ends up being the villain, which it seems like he's continually positioned as. The crowd definitely in the main event was booing him as MJF was. MJF and Adam Cole were essentially on equal footing when it came to their cheating tactics, but the crowd firmly uh, behind MJF. And we'll see if this is all a ruse. Is this all a setup? Is it like when The Rock was seemingly about to turn babyface and then he went corporate? Or are we going to get for the first time really MJF as a as a full-fledged babyface. I think either way the crowd's going to be hot for the culmination of this uh this feud, I guess you could say.
4: It's hard for me to believe that at some point it was not supposed to be either Adam Cole turning on MJF or MJF turning on Adam Cole, but because of where they're at right now, could you have a situation in a world where they both can exist on the baby face side of the roster and you get maybe somebody else to go alongside with Roderick strong and Maria and Taven and Bennett as part of this new kingdom?
6: Yeah. I mean, I think definitely, at least in the short term, that'd be a great idea. Like you said, the the fans are ready to keep cheering this team on and, you know, I don't think you want to devalue, I know it's the Ring of Honor titles, but I don't think you want to devalue them and just have them disappear by the wayside. I think that you want MJF and Cole to kind of raise those titles up a little bit. And I, am, as a fan, am interested, I'm intrigued, and I want to see where this keeps going.
4: I tell you what, I think they should actually meld ROH into Collision and Rampage. Maybe not Dynamite, but definitely those two other shows you might as well go ahead and do it now. This would be a perfect opportunity. The same way it's a perfect opportunity to go to break.
5: As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling
2: Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845. 760 1845 Eight hundred seven six zero one eight four five. 760 1845 That's 800-760-1845.
3: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
4: Back on the show, Mike Sempervivi and Filthy Tom Lawler here with you. It is Wrestling Observer Live and Filthy. I know we we had the abbreviated first part of the show, unfortunately, because of technical issues. So we don't have to go through this thing match by match. And in fact, there are some things that are... You know, shoulders off of this show that I kind of want to ask you about because one thing that stuck out to me was during the press conference, Tony Khan noted that they are going to hold a Wrestle Dream pay per view taking place on October 1st in Seattle, honoring Antonio Inoki on the anniversary of his death. And what I thought initially, the first thing I thought of was. How happy is David Zasloff? How happy is WBD that we are going to force people to use our craptastic bleacher report service one more time for another show? And Tony Khan did a good job during the press conference basically trying to like smooth it in there like a promoter would say, you don't have to wait till full gear to see all of our stars again. Yeah, Tony, we have three shows a week. We did not need this pay-per-view. But okay, I understand you're going to have more pay-per-views. But to honor Antonio Noki and to do so on a day where your partner, New Japan, where Antonio Noki was the founder and is the legend and the hero and the forever god, they are going to be holding the second of two back-to-back shows at Quirk and Hall with almost everyone of note on that show. Now, Will Ospreay is not on that show. New Japan Strong roster members are not on that show. But what did you think when you heard that, one, they're going to have a pay-per-view to honor Antonio Noki and it's going to be at a time where everybody is already going to be in play? I mean, even Yuji Nagata, who has got more of a tie to Inoki than many of the other members on the roster, you know, they're not going to be able to go.
6: I was not expecting to uh, see that pay-per-view announced. I mean, I, I wasn't surprised to see them announce another pay-per-view show. Um, you know, maybe so soon, coming on the heels of having these two back-to-back, it's a little bit odd, but there's been a lot of talk about AEW picking up its pay-per-view schedule over the years, so that didn't really take me by surprise. The fact that they mentioned it's going to be a memorial of sorts for Antonio Anoki. Uh, that's what caught me off guard because it's not as if throughout, you know, the history of AEW, we've seen a huge, I mean, I'm sure we saw some video packages when he passed, but it's not like I remember a huge amount of Antonio and you know,
4: media out there on the part of AEW. Do you? I mean, I, I don't, the only thing, and you said something during the break that made all the memories kind of start rushing back. I don't know when when did the Inoki Dojo open? Two thousand four or five? We are well, I, don't coming
6: in... I, I don't know either, but now that you're mentioning it, there's a number a number a number of people on this roster that have ties to the Inoki Dojo. There and if not, there's still a number of wrestlers with ties to New Japan who could fit that bill as well. Obviously Katsuri Shibata Comes number to first mind. and foremost uh i don't know what minora suzuki's doing on that day he's
4: working he's, is he yeah he's so. he and narita are part of a team uh, uh so he's, Desui, he would be yeah. out
6: but uh you know samoa joe brian danielson rocky romero tjp there's a number of guys who have ties to the enoki dojo from back in the day that you know could easily show up on a show like this I myself am owed a match. Maybe Adam Cole will finally decide to man up and show up and get beat up <laughs> like he should on a, a memorial show for Antonio Noki.
4: So, so so, basically you're saying you want to work as a heel then? Uh, or does it matter? You just want to beat up Adam Cole?
6: On an Antonio Noki memorial show, I would think the guy with the most legitimate fighting skills in professional wrestling right now would be the baby face but hey i digress
4: (laughs) i'm talking of course
6: about cm punk
4: Uh, yes well that's the 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 la dojo i mean this it's like another it's like another century now and it was only 20 years ago but yeah i mean samoa joe as you mentioned brian danielson leota machida I mean, a lot of <laughs> people don't realize this. He was Ryoto. He was the yes. jungle fight guy. He was going to be... He and Nakamura, I think, and I'm sure there were a couple others, but to me, they stick out the most. Shinsuke Nakamura and, and Leota Machida, as far as what Inoki wanted wrestlers to be. He wanted shoot favors or or k fighters however you want to look at it but he was those were going to be two guys and if i am I could be wrong but i thought machida spent time at that la dojo as well
6: i believe he did i believe he did maybe they can if if tony can get blue wolf to show up for this show
4: dol and sumi Bizar i killed that name used to be able to say that name the mongolian strong men themselves
6: he comes from the <laughs> the most famous fighting family in the the asian part of the world almost really <laughs>
4: Take it. There's right. a there's a shot. I had a shot of one of them riding a camel in Mongolia, and it was like it was the coolest looking like shot in the mountains. It was just like, and I forget exactly how I got there, but it was I fell into a rabbit hole of remembering when Blue Wolf was a prospect yeah. for New Japan at what was a very very different time as far as that company goes. Now they also announced talking about extra pay per views, you know whether this is on WBD Max next year or whether it's on pay-per-view, they are going back to Wembley Stadium. Obviously, it would be a miracle to come back and do, at least I would think, another 80,000 people again. But what do you think? I mean, it's a ballsy move to go back in there again when there's other places you can run, including the stadium that you own for your own football team, You know, they're going to run Wembley again and, you know, the big cost and all that involved in it, risk the rain and all that. What do you think about them going back there?
6: I could be wrong because much like you, I am not a journalist. I am just a a head that talks. But didn't they just kind of uh, increase their television, uh, I guess, presence in the UK? I know Tony Khan was saying something like Rampage is up 97%. I don't really even know what that means, but it sounds good to me. So, you know, perhaps he's banking on, you know, increasing their television viewership. He, he did say, I I know that there was a quote that he said that they are number one. They're the number one company in the UK. And yeah, uh, I, and I believe been, based on television viewership, that's, that's for sure. I mean, based on tickets sold to events, <laughs> they're number one in the UK. That's for sure. Number one in the world.
4: Do you think people will be trying to go over this with a fine tooth comb thirty years later, like people are still doing now, like Zebruder film level work on the uh, WrestleMania three attendance?
6: There's definitely going to be <laughs> some, well, you know,
4: what there's WWE still a
6: fans who are probably out there who are denying this, denying what they saw. You know, maybe we need a. Uh, wrestling's version of Buzz Aldrin. Maybe see um Pugdies go punch some fans in the face <laughs> and say there were only it was all camera tricks and there was only thirty thousand fans there.
1: Look That's at that. I mean gun. that it
6: was it was amazing to see. And then one of my favorite yeah. things actually was they would do like a panaway shot sometimes and you'd be able to see the entrance stage, which was minuscule in the sea of people. It, it just was, looked like it was like You know, like, the the WrestleMania stage is huge. It it overshadows a lot of the rest of the production. And this was, like, it was the fans that were the centerpiece of the uh, setup.
4: They made it look fantastic. I thought it looked great. I thought, again, I thought the show was really good. I'm happy for the fan. Look, for any of these events, whether it be All In or All Out or WrestleMania or... Royal rumble or whatever it is, you know, homecoming weekends for GCW gathering of the juggalos. Maybe if you're that type of person, it really are the fans. Yes. You are paying money and, and making promoters rich in the process, but getting together and having the means and that type of fervor to create that type of a begin to get 80,000 people into the building for a promotion that has not been hot and did not have, you know, the most divine of buildups to the show. I mean, it really, to me, it was one hell of a spectacle. And again, really, the a lot of the, uh, for this the history of this thing, a lot of the credit really just goes to the average fan that bought a ticket to the show.
6: And it, well, you have to give credit to, really, and, and I'm sure you did, I'm sure you have over the last few years, to the ability of to- not only Tony Khan, but the rest of of the AEW stalwarts to create a brand that the fans trust enough to give them what they want to see to fill up that stadium, you know, because this wasn't a show that was built on. It really wasn't built on Adam Cole versus MJF. You know what I mean? That wasn't, that is the main event. Uh, Obviously the crowd was super into it, but it's not like a blood feud. I think that, you know, It wasn't like Tyson Fury versus Dillian White. You know, it wasn't like two British sluggers, uh, you know, in front of their hometown crowd. It was two guys who are best friends fighting each other without, you know, having any sort of big issue between the two of them. Which is, I don't know that we've ever really seen that before. You know, even Hogan and Warrior, while they were friendly, they certainly weren't friends. Like MJF and Adam Cole, so really, I think it speaks to the fact that AEW has been able to build this brand that the fans trust.
4: There was a Nigel Ben Chris Eubank reference you could have used there, and you went with Dillian White and, and, and Fury, but that's okay. That's okay. I'll that be ninety four
6: thousand people in that stadium. Well, last I, I... year.
4: I remember 100,000 in Azteca Stadium for Greg Haugen and Julio Cesar Chavez, and apparently somebody asked Tony about that, and Dave Meltzer noted it on Observer Radio yesterday that he does not believe something like that could happen. I think even MJF made a reference to that in the lead-up. Is that, I mean, obviously 100,000 people can fit in Dallas, but like, is that that's the next spectacle I guess isn't it is to try to get you know a hundred or 120 thousand people into an outdoor stadium so you could say you had the biggest event there
6: yeah but I think it would be built off of you know almost like one name like a Conor McGregor versus yeah you know some other gigantic name although at this point he's kind of losing his flavor a little bit but
4: well look you were right there was that show did not it was no and, it was and off and next the year w name.
6: Next year, it leaves them room to grow, right? Next year, they could have some super hot feud at the top of the card and get 80,000 people based off of that because now they've shown that they can do it without that. So I don't think that they're even setting themselves up to have a smaller crowd next year. I think that they're in a better place. They might even get more people if they could get some some hot feuds going. I mean, something great with Kenny Omega at the top of the card, Omega Osprey. If they can hold off until then, which, I mean, I can't imagine they could, but, you know, in a perfect world, can you imagine their third match is then?
4: Jamie Hayter gets her match against whoever it is, whether it be Julia or Mercedes or Britt or anybody or anybody on the roster. I mean... That's where AEW, this is why I always said Adam Page is more important to them than Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks or Moxley or anybody else. He's the heart and soul of that. At the core of the AEW fan base, they have a deep and undying love for their product. That is their product. You know, I'm a 50-year-old man who grew up with a lot of wrestling. AEW was never meant to be my product, and it shouldn't be purely aimed at somebody like me it does need to be progressive it does need to push forward and they do that and even if they don't get another eighty thousand people next year or more than that they can get 50 because again they have as far as right now goes probably the best relationship with their fans the closest to their fans to me far more than wwf has with a majority of theirs i could be wrong about that though i don't want to run out of time So I need to hit my cues because that would be something filthy Tom Lawler would do on his solo shows. We'll be back, Wrestling Observer Live.
2: Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30 day money back guarantee. 800 867 6917. 800 867 6917. 800 867 6917. That's 800 867 6917. President Biden recently released a massive $6 trillion budget, the largest budget in U.S. history. And guess who pays the bill? That's right, you, the American taxpayer. American citizens and business owners will be paying more taxes. That's a fact. And if you owe back taxes, they will be coming after you to collect payments. In fact, President Biden also hired thousands more IRS agents to go after you. That's 800-949-0039. Paid for by the Tax Helpline.
3: we are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
4: Mike Sempervivi, Filthy Town Baller, two phones, Kevin Gates. We could have used two more phones today, ones that actually worked, video phones from the future. Yeah. Got... What can you do? Mike, I think I might yeah. hit
6: up, I'll leave it up to you. Should I go to the Scarface and Slim Thug concert on Sunday?
4: Hmm. Where's that one at? Las Vegas. Brooklyn Bowl. (sighs) Is there any competition for this show? Because that's not bad on its own, but I might be swayed to go somewhere else. Wow. I mean, look. Wow. I'll I'll watch.
6: How about Farside and the the Licks at the end of the month?
4: See, that's the thing. Like, if those were in competition for my money or on the same day or something like that, I'm going to see Farside and Licks. Absolutely. No question. All right. You missed the Rock the Bell tour, didn't you? I did. Uh, no, wait a minute. It's this week coming up. You got LL I and all that. So. Eric B. Yeah. Rock Him. Actually, yep. no, Eric B. I guess just Rock Him. That's all right. I, you know, what did I? Besides the money, I'm not sure Eric B. provided much anyway. I guess intimidation was also another one of the things that he supplied at the time. But look at this—50th oh, anniversary of hip hop. Can you believe it? I'm almost as old as hip hop.
6: Yeah, I can't you jump in
4: that. there at any time with a clip, Tom. <laughs> I
6: Nothing. can't believe it.
4: <laughs> <sighs> thank you, Dom. See, Dom knows we're just sitting here wasting time, enjoying these last moments before Brian Alvarez comes back and gets all whiny and kvichy with us. And <sighs> Thanks for having mood.
6: me, Mike. Thanks for having me.
4: I thank you for being at
6: the rugged man of the radio, the airwaves. You and I, we've been sound bombing it for the past week. Hopefully, I'll see you again soon. And we can hawks cause like another ruckus.
4: Oh, look at this. Sound bombing all over the place. Carrying hawks like I'm Julian Jackson, but I'm not a Mike Semper BB. For filthy Tom Lawler and everybody else, we shall talk to you again after a while.